Welcome. It is seven minutes after 11 o'clock, and Jennifer Bukowski joins us. You're not going to be at the Christmas dinner. You've got some other plans. We're going to miss you. Uh, always uh, love... I'm sad to miss it this year. Yeah. I think I've made it every year for many years now, so this will be a first absence. But yeah. I'll be with you in spirit. Oh, we appreciate that. I'm wishing that I was eating what you guys were eating as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if they're going to have any Gary steaks there. Hmm. Anyway. I bet they'll save you one at least. I'm going to think that. I would think they should, you know. Somebody will probably sneak in there and order it before me. You know what? I usually get in before anybody else. Well, we'll see. Anyway, that'll be uh, Saturday at, at uh, noon at CeCe's. In the meantime, um, let's let's move on. Kamala husband. Kamala husband. Kamala husband. <laughs> Kamala Harris husband. There we go. Uh, kind of screwed the pooch a bit, huh? He did, and it's sad. Uh, I I'm just laughing. Like, how did? These two get so far. But Douglas Emhoff, the husband of Vice President President Kamala Harris, botched his Hanukkah story in a social media post yesterday that was ridiculed for it online and it deleted it. He said that uh, the story of Hanukkah and the story of the Jewish people has always been one of hope and resilience. In the Hanukkah story, the Jewish people are forced into hiding, he wrote. No one thought they would survive or that the few drops of oil they had would last, but they survived and the oil kept burning. In those eight days in hiding, they recited their prayers and continued their tradition. Emov is Jewish himself, but I'm going to think that he wasn't a temple-going type of Jew because they weren't hiding in a temple. They had won a battle, and they were celebrating the reconsecration of the temple that miraculously had oil that lasted eight days. So this whole take that the Jews were hiding from people instead of being victorious, uh, the Maccabee over the Maccabees, or the Maccabees were victorious, that <laughs> that's the story. And if you are the husband of the vice president, how about you check that? You know, if you're not super religious and you don't know all of the things they're going to pretend you know i'm going to capitalize on the fact that i'm jewish here for clicks on social media do a wikipedia search you know you could even ask your we'll call her adessa a-l-e-x-a i tested this last night gary in 20 seconds she gave me a summary of the story of hanukkah that, that was accurate unlike doug emhoff so these two how are these two the vice president and the second second gentleman of the United States. It's just everybody makes mistakes, but this one was so avoidable. And it's just laughable because Kamala, the borders are, is nothing on the border. And she's just been such a disappointment as a first female vice president to me. She's just a disappointment, period. I don't care what sex she is. I don't care. Uh, well, I do just because I'm a woman and I've been like hoping a qualified woman who's qualified, you know, will eventually be president. All these other developed countries have had female leaders. And so this is as high as women have gotten. And to see someone so incompetent in that role, it it doesn't, it, it makes people who might not think women should hold those kind of roles. It reinforces those opinions. 
Give me the best person for the job. I don't care what sex they are. I really, I don't. I, there are women that I would vote for in a New York second. You might be one of them. Uh, all right. Interesting new demand. Uh, demand letter from the Attorney General, Attorney General Bailey, uh, to Media Matters. What gives? This is a busy guy, this Andrew Bailey, Attorney General of Missouri. But if you'll recall, Elon Musk is suing Media Matters because he alleges that they created accounts where they were clicking on certain things in order to make it so that, you know, big advertiser brands would have ads showing up right next to posts that were anti-Semitic or racist or whatever. And they're like, here, Twitter is or X is doing this with their algorithm and they're making it to try to get those advertisers to pull their ads from Twitter. And the lawsuit was saying that this was... You know, you are manipulating these algorithms in order to create these outcomes. They're showing you things that you're interested in. So you create a fake user profile just for the purpose of interfering, tortiously interfering with our business practices in a deceitful way. And uh, this demand letter from Attorney General Andrew Bailey is saying, look, we're looking at suing you to preserve all your records of how you uh, raised money in our state and how you uh, did this a campaign, any internal communications about your strategy to target advertisers on X, and your efforts to manipulate those advertisers into pulling ads from the platform. So it's not a lawsuit yet. It's a threatened lawsuit. It's a smart way to get some free publicity and be in the national news for him, especially if he's running a contested primary race against Will Scharf. But it's uh, interesting because he's saying, and I'm not a big fair fan of this law. I'll, I've said this before, the Unfair Merchandising Practices Act. But he's saying you raised money in our state from Missourians under false pretenses and then used it to do this. And so we're looking into whether there are violations of our laws and preserve your records. Well, apparently, uh, Media Matters is uh, being attacked uh, on a variety of different levels, uh, including Elon Musk. And mm -hmm. frankly, uh, I wouldn't care if they went out of business tomorrow. I mean, they, you talk about a corrupt group. Whew. Yeah, they talk about a group that has it coming to them. Your whole purpose is to just take to be. They're always being dishonest and spinning things in dishonest ways, and I'm sure you're well aware of this. Being a you know syndicated radio host, they look for clips that they can spin against people like you to uh, get you canceled or whatever else. That's the whole purpose of their organization, it seems like. Yep, they'll take how things they out of... How they to be a not-for-profit is beyond me. They'll take it things out of context. political organization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in order to make something look bad, by the time you get it cleared up, it's, you know, it's it's caught fire. Uh, and it's too late to, uh, to fix, or at least to fix and easily. And it's tarnished your reputation. And then they keep doing it to you, and then people believe it more and more. Yeah. That you are a certain way, even if that's not fair, and you're not a racist or you're not a you know semi-Semitic. Well, do they care about that anymore? We don't know. But, yeah, uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Uh, but I, you know the cool thing about this, uh, the silver lining I'm seeing is that this war in the Middle East is leading to more and more voices speaking out against DEI because of like the botched handling of. Uh, the anti-Semitic 
conduct on campuses and everything else has led to being like, well, why is this person in charge of this campus? And more people speaking out against DEI hirings. And so I think that that is, uh, you never know how things will shake out or what might finally bring the adults back to the table and encourage them to be back in charge. Yeah, we seem to, literally, uh, the country is turning to poop right in front of our faces. Uh, and yeah. and it's, you know, uh, green cars and batteries and uh, transgender and uh, DEI and, and the 1619 Project. And, I mean, it's just one stupid thing after another. And, so you know what the ironic thing is, Gary? Like, systems that are set up to ignore merit, the trouble with them is that they can't compete. <laughs> like, I guess people that do have skills and talents, so when people like that start actually voicing it, because they're like, enough already, children, they're not going to be able to out-argue those people that are more talented and, and you know, that have earned things on merit. You think so that'll... I think that so you think this will turn, turn around? I'm hoping so. I think more and more people are seeing the importance of marriage. And, you know, the fact that everyone just automatically assumes, and it appears rightly so, that Claudine Kay was a diversity hire because she's black. If we didn't have these systems in place, then if she happened to be a black woman, people would assume that she's just the most brilliant person to lead, that has the leadership skills to lead that organization. But everyone, it's a nod in a wink, like, yeah. They didn't even consider the white male applicants. Like a white male couldn't get a job right now as a tenured history professor in the United States because of all these DEI policies. All right, I'm up against the clock. Jennifer Bukowski is with us, criminal defense attorney and a brilliant one at that. Supreme Court is going to consider fast-tracking uh, the Trump appeal to the D.C. trial. This gets uh, very interesting, and we'll kick it around. We touched on it earlier this morning, but we'll get it from Jennifer Una Momento on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 20 minutes after 11 o'clock, Jennifer Bukowski is with us, and uh, we've got a whole list of topics here that we've got to get to in the next, oh, 10 minutes or so. She and is Brian a, sent me one, too. <laughs> yeah, um, because you didn't have on your list anything about the royal family. Um, yeah, you guys are the ones that are getting hooked on the royals even more than me, I'm wondering. <laughs> well, Every Brian, week you're asking me about the... Well, I think Brian, Pride is a closet royal watcher at this point. I've just I've <laughs> brought him into the fold. Yes, if I Brian, don't have one on my list, he researches one for me now. <laughs> he found a good one, though. Brian, is uh, he, he, he just feels like a part of the show is missing when you don't. Yeah, do I went down the list today, and it's like, well, where is Megan and Harry? So I just did a quick uh, Google search, and it's like, aha, Jennifer missed this one, and I sent it to her. So, so I did my job. Helping you. He's got my back. Yeah. <laughs> Supreme Court is going to consider fast-tracking a Trump appeal in uh, the D.C. trial. Uh, this is... Uh, the prosecutor wants to move things with alacrity, uh, which would land Trump in trouble, uh, literally in court the day before Super Tuesday. Yeah, this is an extraordinary move. That's a, and Jack Smith says, quote, the United States recognizes that this is an extraordinary request. Uh, and, but he says it's an extraordinary case, so they want to skip the D.C. Court of Appeals and go great straight to the Supreme Court because they are determined, Gary, just absolutely determined that this 
trial interfere with the election as much as possible. That's what I think. Like, they want to keep this March trial date come hell or high water, and they don't want anything postponing this till after the election or after a lot of states have voted. They want to be the center of attention. That's what this is about. These these prosecutors that are doing these political persecutions, they just want to be stars and have feathers in their caps and everything else. And he's not going to get nearly the attention that he otherwise would if Trump already had it locked. Uh, the primary locked or even more so if this trial doesn't take place until after the election. So is the Trump defense, because he's running for president, uh, there should be an exception here to speedy trial because the people are entitled to a speedy trial, too. Um, Trump doesn't want to fast track this. Jack Smith does. Because Trump I, is appealing. I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is um, if uh, if he weren't president, uh, if he weren't a candidate for president, would he be able to say, hey, we want to slow this down and, and get away with it? Or would he be, uh, you know, at, at the... Uh, um, well, he's not trying to slow it down. He's just saying we're appealing this ruling because... You can't bring these claims against me because I have immunity for different, two different reasons from being charged with this. And we need to take this up with the higher courts when that issue was presented to the trial court judge and she denied it. So they've appealed that saying, look, these charges can't be applied to me as they're charged right now. And uh, Jack Smith the attorney for the special counsel for the government says, no, we're, we want to fast track this, skip the court of appeals and go straight to the Supreme Court because they want to keep a trial date that they got Chuck and to set that would do as much damage as possible to uh, Trump's ability to run for president next year. If they, if Trump wins, the whole thing goes away for a while, doesn't it? If Trump wins, yeah, it could go away because he could pardon himself. I mean, that's not well, if he wins the White House, yeah. Yeah, he could pardon himself or, you know, fire uh, the guy handling it and uh, have, you know, his new AG maybe appoint a special one that says, hey, we agree. They can't bring these charges because the president has immunity from these charges and it doesn't apply to him. Voila, case dismissed. Uh, but, but this doesn't mean the Supreme Court's going to... if he's convicted, he could pardon himself. But this doesn't mean the Supreme Court's gonna, going to agree with Smith. The Supreme Court could yeah. disagree with Smith, and, and then he'd be in trouble. Yeah. The, At least his case would be. say, no, you have to go through the regular appeals process. Or they could say, no, we're not going to make you guys brief things. Like, the government's requesting that this be briefed by December 20th. If it is such an important matter of national interest and everything else, I think the attorney should have more than eight days to write the briefs on it. You know? Um. Weiss indictment parrots bogus claim that a Chinese felon paid Hunter Biden a million dollars for legal representation. What's this about? Okay, so as part of the pleadings in uh, the new charges against Hunter in California, they were saying part of the elements of the offense is that he had the money to pay the taxes and chose not to. So they say in there, He had a million dollars that he was paid by these Chinese people for his legal services, for his criminal defense services, which is completely laughable. 
And he's actually in a transcript on the failed plea hearing saying, well, it was really, you know, this other law firm organization that was handling the legal representation, not me. But he's, you know, that's what the money was supposedly for, for Hunter's so-called legal defense. While he's doing crack every day, according to his own book, he's supposedly worth a million dollars to this Chinese guy to defend him. Give me a break. I mean, it was just a corruption. But the way that it's characterized in the wife's indictment is that it was like on the up and up legit $1 million payment for legal representation. So, could, this, could these extra charges protect him when the House uh, brings him in for uh, questioning? Could he say, uh, look, I got these charges now and uh, I don't want to testify now because it'll might tend to incriminate me? Yes, but I think that that was the case before anyway, you know, that he could have invoked his right to remain silent uh, because it could put him in legal jeopardy. So, I mean, this certainly makes it more obvious that that is actually true. And so, um, I don't know. There's been some speculation in legal circles and just in Twitter generally or X generally about that. But I don't really see why the existence of charges would change his right not to incriminate himself, his ability to assert that right. Yeah, I just it can't just answer that question. It's more clear and harder there, to, there might harder be more, to deny that it would, in fact, put him in jeopardy. There would be more questions that he could hide behind, you know, that he could duck. Yeah. All right. Uh, final uh, topic is uh, Bill Maher. Or the Royals. Which one? Let's do... All right. Well, you know what? How much time do we have, Brian? About a minute and a half. Two. Oh, boy. I I know, Brian, you're going to miss the Royals, but oh. let's go with Bill Maher. Okay. Well, Bill Maher, you know, he's liberal, but he's getting a lot of things right. And he's calling some people bleeping idiots uh, for attacking Mr. Beast for his charitable work around the world. He's like one of the most ridiculous stories this year has been the people saying, who the hell are you? And Mr. Beast, who's a 25-year-old, number one person on YouTube, brilliant business guy, has been, went and constructed 100 wells to provide clean drinking water and help 300 to 500,000 people across Cameroon, Kenya, Somalia, Uganda, and Zimbabwe over their lifetime. And he got trolled on it for being a performative altruist and, uh, saying that he should be canceled because it's just white savior system. Uh, White savior. Like, give me a break. And some of the people that were doing it have their own not-for-profits to dig wells. Guess what? They weren't getting any wells dug. The U.S. also uh, curing blindness all over the world in the United States and poor areas and then on every continent, basically, but in Antarctica. Uh, yeah, sounds, with surgeries. Sounds like a bad guy to me. Like, they're like, oh, you're profiting off of their disability. And also, you're also sending a message that there's something wrong with disabled people. And they need to be cured. Those people could be cured and they can see now thanks to Mr. Beast. And that's why they're smiling. So it's uh, a bunch of losers uh, yeah. attacking. I got to do this. I don't know how much time I've got left, but Texas authorities identify a body found in 1986. I front sold this. Uh, the body was submerged in a lake. Uh, and, and tied to cinder blocks. What, what about the story interested you? It's the advances in DNA uh, that led to the solving of this uh, yeah. game yeah. changer. 
DNA GNI, uh, 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 what, I can't think of the word. We'll, I'll cover it in the next break. Jennifer, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Gary. This right. is the Gary Nolan Show. Genetic genealogy. I couldn't get the words out in time. It's 1135. Glad to have you with us. Uh, talking to Jennifer Bukowski, the story about this uh, this body they found in 1986. Uh, it was partially submerged, held down by cinder blocks, uh, and using genetic genealogy, they were finally able just now to find out who this guy was. And it is amazing technology. Uh, this is the same technology they used to uh, find that serial rapist in California. Uh, about a year and a half ago. I guess this guy was committing rapes uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s, and he was pretty vicious. Uh, I think he even uh, killed uh, a couple. Well, they used genetic genealogy to catch him. And if, I don't know, Brian, have you ever done this? Uh, had your... No, I have not. Well, I, I got I've never under really understood knowing who you're you know, past your relatives who've, you know, long since passed away and looking at that tree. I know it's probably interesting, but I just never really understood what what I gained from it other than, huh. I mean, it takes a lot of time and effort to to go through that process. To well, Brian's ancestors swung from those trees. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, it, actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. I got it for my wife for a Christmas gift several years ago. Um, and she's just enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, she, she's finding cousins and relatives and um, discovering more about her. her and, and she's kind of in a unique position. That's why I did it. Uh, her parents uh, were both uh, raised by family. I don't think either of her parents, I'm not sure... The father, her her father may have had some idea um, who her father, who his father was. But generally speaking, they just, they did not know um, who their parents were. They were adopted by family, and so it was com- she had complete mystery. So I thought, okay, I'll do this. And I went to the one place where they apparently don't share the genetic information, or at least they didn't when I sent it. That may change. And uh, she's she's learned a lot uh, about her background. It is very very interesting. So apparently they go to some of the some of these other places that will trace your genes and and your ancestry, and they collect that data and they assemble it in such a way that they can you know figure out who had who married whom and who had children. Uh, they do all kinds of cross-referencing, and they eventually find uh, matches and are able to identify people they couldn't have identified even 10 years ago. It is really amazing technology. It's, and I watched, uh, there was a, a TV show where they, uh, they had uh, this woman who kind of pioneered it as the star of the show. And she had this big whiteboard and the... And the family tree lined up and going back several generations and moving. It was like, it was like Greek to me. I had absolutely no idea how she did this working backwards. But I guess they, they check with uh, census records and things like that until they 
managed to narrow it down. And that's how they found out who this guy was. Uh, they didn't find his body, uh, you know, recently. They found him in, in 1986. In October, uh, they uh, tried this uh, genetic genealogy, and the lab issued a report that confirmed a match between uh, the human remains and the family member in California. They were identified as Clarence Lynn Wilson, who was born in 1952 and whose last known address was in Texas City, Texas. I guess not far from where they found the body. It doesn't resolve, you know, who murdered the guy. He was shot. But it certainly does uh, amaze me, and apparently Jennifer, that they were able to find out all that many years later. That's just remarkable technology. Tomorrow, uh, the show is going to include us uh, engaging and raising food for for the uh, food pantry. It is the uh, 9390 Eagle um, Commerce Bank one-for-one holiday food drive uh, to benefit the food bank of Central and uh, Northeast Missouri. So that'll be all day tomorrow, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., And uh, we invite you in uh, supporting the community, giving back uh, for those who need it most this holiday. Uh, The food bank serves over 100,000 people a month, covers a 32-county service area. They partner with more than 145 food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other agencies to ensure that food gets into the hands of those who need it most. Uh, so uh, the Columbia professional firefighters are always on board uh, doing their best to help raise uh, the funds and the food. Uh, KMIZ, ABC 17, Fox 22, they're collecting donations at the Columbia Mall just off Stadium by Wendy's. Uh, they're, it, it's, it's just every year I'm amazed at the generosity of Central Missourians. And they, they have all these deals set up with all these people that, that uh, enable them to turn a dollar into four meals. As, as cheap as Brian is, he can't match that. Not even close. <laughs> uh, they get a dollar donation and turn it into four meals. $25 becomes 100 meals. Uh, a $270 donation can provide buddy packs to one student for an entire school year. So you can donate online. Uh, right now, just go to 939theeagle.com and follow the links. Uh, you can also text FOOD to 800-500-9107 uh, for a quick donation uh, thanks to uh, Dunkey Distributing. So uh, it's, uh, it's great fun to do, and uh, we do it every year, and it makes you part of the community. You're not just someone who happens to live here. You're someone who's actually part of the community. It's kind of neat. Let me see. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Let me see what we got here. Uh, Gary, uh, did you ever tell your wife what she may do and what she may not do? And how did that work out? The Republicans just told every woman in America that they may not have an abortion, no matter how badly they may want one or how badly they feel They need one. Just imagine what every Democrat ad will say next year. I think the election is over. We lost. And then everyone after that. Love your show. But I think it, too, will be illegal soon, Tom. 
you know, we're not, <clears throat> pro-life people are not telling women what they can do with their own bodies. That's, that's um, kind of a misstatement that, that I hear all the time. What pro-life people are telling women is what they can do with the body inside their body. And that's a different story. We fought for decades to get rid of Roe v. Wade because it was poorly decided. And it was. Um, and and we, we argued that it is something the states should decide. Well, they are. They are deciding. And... Well, it, it may not go our way, but I do think we can start putting some restrictions in. I think we can start slowing it down. We can prevent women from acting carelessly, getting pregnant, and then, you know, a couple of months later going out and getting, getting an abortion. That retroactive birth control thing. Uh, so maybe we don't get the whole thing. Maybe we don't get the whole loaf, but we at least start to pare it back and save some lives. And as science and technology advance, you know, we, we may get closer to what we want, which is to protect the life of the unborn. Uh, but I do think that we need to make sure there are some avenues for women who... Uh, maybe uh, are carrying a child that will that will uh, expire on birth or that uh, may kill the mother during pregnancy. There, there are some exceptions that we can make to start saving lives. I would love to see no more abortions except the life of the mother. That's, that would be my goal. I just don't think we're there yet. Chris uh, says, genetics, after solving all these murders, it sounds to me like they need to change the name of 23andMe to 20 to life. Very clever, Chris. All right, up against the clock, quick break. We'll be back to wrap it up. The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 10, to, 10 minutes to 12. Uh, Glenn Beck coming up, Sean Hannity after that, and then Randy Tobler, who actually did double duty. He was on this morning when I got here. Um, Brian, I got to ask you a question. You and yes, I sir. both uh, make a living through advertising. Uh huh. It's literally it's what we do. And you and I both have favorite companies that we endorse because we like their product and we think they'll deliver a good value. So I'm curious to get your take on this. Okay. Suppose you're oh, I don't know, Kid Rock. And you like Anheuser-Busch, you like Bud Light. And you figure, yeah, we gave them a black eye. So now if they want to advertise with me, I'll, I'll let them. Would you do that? I might have a conversation with the folks at Bud Light had I been endorsing them before and they did something that went against what I believed in. I would, you know, say, hey, unless you can come out and acknowledge that what we did was wrong and against, you know, what I believe in, I can no longer continue to endorse your product. But, I mean, that's that's a personal choice that they're going well, to have to... Well, suppose they came to you and said, Brian, uh, you're on in, in half the state of Missouri. We want you to endorse 
Bud Light, um, and we'll pay you a half million dollars a year. <laughs> no. Half million dollars a year wouldn't wouldn't no. do it. No. I mean, no. you're putting your reputation on the line. I'm just curious. Can you imagine? I mean, no. Uh, it, it wouldn't be worth it. Well, for the record, apparently uh, Kid Rock is uh, going back, uh, and he is uh, he is uh, going to promote Bud Light. He must need the money. I haven't heard anything uh, from him lately musically. I mean, I'm not really into the music scene anymore, but... At the end of the day, when you step back and look at it, like, yeah, they deserved a black eye, and they got one. They made a mistake. The singer talked to uh, Tucker Carlson. So do I want to hold their head underwater and drown them because they made a mistake? No. I think they got the message. You think they did? I don't know. I, I mean, know, I never saw an apology come out of AB. <laughs> At least, you know, a real apology. Would you, um, you know, they've, yeah, they've, they've come up with some soft apologies. Uh, I think two of them. And they did can, I think, everybody that was pretty much involved in it. So I don't know. I, I, I couldn't endorse any beer because I don't like beer. Just, you know, not, not something that will ever come my way. But if I liked a product, um, I mean, how long, do you, how long do you hold them responsible? Just you got to wait until you hear the apology you want to hear? Well, are the same people in charge, I know you said a lot of people got fired that were responsible for bringing on Dylan Mulvaney, whatever his name was, as associated with that brand. I mean, that's going to sting a long time, and it's going to take a long time for people to forget it. You know, if I was Anheuser-Busch, I'd find a different product. I'd just maybe eliminate Bud Light entirely. Unless they're, you know, doing well with it, maybe rename the brand that they're, I don't know. I, I mean, just don't was, know how long you punish them. I mean, if they don't make, if they don't do this again, and they haven't, at some point, do you take your foot off their neck? Uh, I think eventually you have to. I think the message has, has been sent loudly and clearly. I don't, I don't think they're going to ever do a stunt like that again. I think they're going to stay away from social issues. Uh, so I, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, if they got a second chance. Don't, don't look for, uh, you know, to me to, to endorse them, but uh, really crippled them. And let's not forget that uh, we've got people right here in Missouri. I mean, Anheuser-Busch is in St. Louis. Uh, we got the Clydesdales just south of here, uh, at least some of them. Uh, I think, you know, it's it's time to take your foot off their neck. Let's see what they do. They We don't want those employees to lose their jobs. I mean, they're not responsible for what management does. But we've sent them a message, and, and I think that's probably more than enough. Uh, so yeah, checking your DNA, uh, like Rondi uh, Dangerfield said, I looked at my family tree, found out I was the sap. Uh, okay. Uh, Don says, hello, Gary, when you have time, take, take a look at photo of Air Force guy compared to Bud Light Mulvaney. Same guy, I don't know. 
Uh, Dwayne says, uh, here's a controversial question for Gary. If you don't believe in God or Jesus Christ, why do you celebrate Christmas? I like the family getting together, the exchange of gifts, the warmth. That's why. I got time. Let me grab uh, Tyler and Bud Light. Tyler, welcome. Hey, Gary. My thought on the whole Bud Light thing is, is I like pickup trucks. And if one brand of pickup truck doesn't suit me or does something I don't like, there's plenty of other brands out there for me to go shop around and look at. But what if that brand um, started making really good pickup trucks? I mean, eventually there's going to be another brand out there that does the same thing. I mean, they all kind of follow each other, right? So, so do we other. do we keep our foot on the neck of Anheuser Busch? I, I I don't I, I don't think you have to keep your foot on the neck, but you still don't have to support it if you don't want to. Oh no, you, it, nobody it, should be it, supporting anything they don't want to. My thing is like. Maybe Kid Rock. Uh, it, it sounds like to me he's getting. He just wants some money, like a money grab. He, he realizes maybe he went a little too hard. He's going to back backpedal a little bit, try to get some money out of it. Don't you have? Uh, you know, don't you think that we ought to take into consideration the employees losing their jobs? I mean, yeah, that's consideration. I still think uh, there's going to be plenty of other people that support Bud Light um, that support that or even even so those people know that trade and they can go look at the other multiple places that brew beer okay all right i will let you go tyler thank you for the call i appreciate it glad to have you on the gary nolan show uh up against the clock here coming up uh, is glenn beck then sean hannity then randy tobler then tomorrow morning we do the uh, the food bank thing and i didn't even look at my schedule but i'm sure uh, that I'll be out there at uh, at, at dark 30 in the morning and uh, I'll be interrupting the morning show. And that'll be fun. I'm sure they appreciate the warning. Yeah, they you know what'll happen is they'll <laughs> they'll they'll, they'll, sh they'll lock up the phones and go no that that's that's going to be Nolan. We don't <laughs> want that now. But I'm always impressed by central Missourians and their generosity that they uh, they come through every year in such a huge way. Uh, and it makes a difference in a lot of a lot of people's lives, uh, especially now with inflation out of control, food prices way higher than they were just a, a couple of years ago. Uh, people are running up credit card debt to to make ends meet. Now I think more than ever they need our help. We got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby, honey. I'm coming home.